Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They do take themselves way too serious, and I can only stand about half an hour of it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Louie Nanny joins us right now. Louie, let's just start here. Let's just start here. Steve Kazari and Brian Pakmara, if I'm saying it right, were the referees for last night's game. I love hockey. I know that, that you do, too. But do you have any theory on how an assault on a human being in the slot in 2018 can be completely missed? Eric Stahl was assaulted, and for them not to call it makes me absolutely ill, just as a hockey fan. No, it makes me ill, too. As a matter of fact, I was thinking, you know, it's pretty tough to to discipline officials, but you have the, the big carrot. And, and they should use it and, and not let the guys, you know, work every game they were supposed to work. Take them out for a game. And, they, and in other words, affect them in the wallet somehow because mm-hmm. that was ludicrous. That That's as bad as I've seen. I, I can't remember when I've seen a worse flagrant non-call in in, uh, in years. I, I really can't believe that. That You know, there's no doubt this guy's going to get suspended. Yeah. If they didn't, then then, then the, the, the safety committee is going to have to quit. Because if they can give one to Drew Dor- uh, Doughty and the one that they gave him, you know, coming across to hit a guy yeah. when when a guy sort of ducked and his shoulder went into his head and they take him out for a game, which, which you know, in most times you, there wasn't a penalty, shouldn't be a penalty, and, and to take him out for a game was, was mind-boggling. This thing, they've got to take him out. And, and everybody and every channel and I watched a whole bunch of games last night. Every channel was saying the guy's got to get, be suspended. So I think it was the most flagrant one I've ever seen. Not to call, and I'm sure that what Boudreau said was right that they didn't call it because you're in a power play and they thought they were going to affect the game or something. That was that was terrible. Louis, if that's the case, that then these officials should be fired. Yeah, that's if right. if that's if, right. if they missed it, they're incompetent. Yeah. If they didn't call it and saw it. It's a, it's damn near criminal, and I'd fire him There's today. No didn't see it. You you couldn't miss that. I, I don't care what you know whether you were a linesman, a, a referee, a fan. Everybody in the rink saw it because it's right in front of the net. You're looking at the whole area. You just you can't miss it. There was no way you could miss it. Yeah. And then that's why they went up and apologized to him after. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's just amazing. Like we were talking off the top of the show. At least in the NBA, for instance, if something like that happens, and uh, and the in the officials talk to each other, or maybe a coach points out, "Hey, go, go." That, that was a flagrant. Go take a look. They'll go. They'll go review it if they missed it, and they'll throw a guy out of the game off the review. 
So yeah, I mean, there should almost be a mechanism to go and say, "Hey, that w- I don't I don't know how you missed it, but you missed it. Nineteen thousand people saw it. Go take a look and kick somebody out of the game." No, they they didn't miss it. They well, didn't right. want to call it. There's no way they missed it. They you can you can bet your life they did not miss it. If you look at the referee and, and the freeze frame, and you could do it on TV like I did, and look at the referee where he was in his position. It was right in his line of sight. You could not have missed it. Yeah. And he's looking that way. Do you think, Lou, do you think if they get that five on three, do you think the game ends differently? Yeah, it definitely could have ended differently because I, I really felt that if the Wild scored first in the game, then it was going to put some doubt into the goaltender's mind again and and, uh, and and give them the confidence to win. Like I I felt that Preeti was going to play last night. The Wild were going to win again. You know, initially Winnipeg to win in five. Well, after I saw the way they they played, in, in, and I felt that they'd come back and win that game at home, and I, I thought they'd lose this game. Well, after I saw them win the game, if Preece's playing, I think they would have won again last night. And in fact, if they would have got that call, they might have won again last night. And and that I, I I'm just I don't know if they could could have beaten Winnipeg without Preece, you know, and have to beat him two more times after that. But. I, I certainly felt they could have won last night. The worst part, too, is this. For Morrissey, Louie, to say that it, it was an accident. Yes, yes. And accident. go back yes. and watch it. He's looking at Eric Stahl's yes. head as he does it. For him to say, I'm not a dirty player, and this was an accident, and I didn't mean to do it. I mean, don't insult us after you come in here and do that. The, the, the real joke of the matter was the fact that Paul Maurice is crying about the situation with Felino when his off-balance falls and like he punches leg. You, you could not set up that you couldn't duplicate that if you spent uh, a week of Sundays there and 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 trying over and over again to have the guy hurt it was just a fluky deal it wasn't intentional it was uh, uh, just a fluky deal and for for Maurice to have the gall to say that you know the league should look at that for a suspension and yeah. then have this happen yep well you know last night in his press conference I heard it he said well they missed the call to the referees because he knew mm-hmm. he didn't want to sound ludicrous to say they, 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 you know, uh, it wasn't a penalty. So he said they missed a call, but he wouldn't say he should be suspended. So that's, that's just the take on it. That everybody, everybody knew that, that they just blew it. It's just they, they've got to be reprimanded somehow. They, they, something has got to happen for for that non-call. I don't care what it is, but some way, some other officials have to pay a price when when you're that, you know, flagrant and, and missing a call. You're not worthy of, of uh, just going on and, and getting every benefit you have by refereeing in the playoffs without paying some kind of price. Fine or no, no fine, you would have been downstairs banging oh, on that door between oh. periods, and you would have burst in. And and if if you had to pay twenty five grand, you would have yeah. paid the twenty five grand. I told my wife at the time, I said I'd be running down to the referee in chief, the supervisor, right now. I'd be going absolutely nuts. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't have waited for between periods. I just started right then. That's what I used to do. So, I, and I, I don't remember any of that bad, but I didn't. That would have been that. That was just absolutely ridiculous. Now, this is going to sound weird, but but I do think that this is one instance where if a player is going to stall, uh, takes a, a cheap shot like that, I think somebody from the Wild sh- should have jumped Morrissey, and here's why. I think if you jump him and and the officials have time to digest it, they make all the calls. So they send your guy off for five, Morrissey off for five, and I think at that point in time, they're almost obligated because play is stopped to get the cross check. Well, I I, I don't want to. 
I got to tell you, I wouldn't give the benefit of the doubt. I, you can't take a chance when it's so important to stay out of the box and have a five on three. You can't do that. No, I. You're, how could you say that they would make those calls when they wouldn't make it initially on a flagrant one? Because the play would have been stopped, and and they they would have shown that on the scoreboard a thousand times, and I think you would have had a fighting chance to get the cross check called. At well, least. you might have got a, you, you know what you would have got on the on the thing. You would end up with, with uh, them having an extra two minutes, so you wouldn't have five and three. You'd have a, a five and four, then another five and four, and you wouldn't have got them suspended or thrown out of the game. Yeah. I I mean the real call was a five minute major and out of the game. Yeah, it's a match, and yeah. that's what that I agree. should have been. Yeah, and, and uh, no, I. I you can't take the chance on that as much as you'd like to, mm-hmm. but this, you know, it's too important in in the playoffs. I, I you know, I, I when we were playing Toronto in the playoffs in the year we put them out, I think it was eighty three or eighty four, eighty two or eighty three. Anyway, eighty three, and I was coaching, and before the game, I went to our team and we were going up to Toronto. And they had that Paul Higgins and a couple other tough guys, and I said, okay, I want you guys to. Tonight, I want you to be as as bad as you've ever been talking to and cite these guys. Give them crap all night long, bug them, bait them, do everything, but don't lift a finger. Don't punch. Take a punch in the head, but goad them. Goad them as much as you can because they will, they will give in for sure. And those days, you know, you could go to the referee's room, and I went down before the game and I said to him, now listen. <laughs> We're going to go with these guys, and they're going to punch us in the head. And if you don't call them for punching, I'm telling everybody in the press tomorrow, I came down and told you that, that what our plan was, and you didn't execute your job. I just want you to know I'm going to be watching. And sure enough, I mean, it wasn't six minutes in the game. Bobby Smith sucked, her, sucked a guy into it. Guy punched him in the head. Guy goes off for penalty, just like that. And we, when we did it a few times during the game, we beat him. It was great. <laughs> All right, well, what, well, what would you tell, down 3-1, what would you tell these guys? How would you manipulate this situation? Well, you're not, you're not in the same situation. You're shorthanded because you might get a power play. And you'll get some power plays up there because they're gonna, there's going to be so much crap over this over the next couple of days that uh, you you know the referees are going to be aware of it that they can't do anything they're not going to shortchange the wild but but what's good is if you can't score score the goal when you're in a power play yeah yeah I, I hate to play the woe is us card here because there's been like throughout the six years of of wild playoff exits there's been a lot of self inflicted stuff or players not stepping up but. Like when you get that hot in the second half of the year, and then all, and Zach Parisi is back to playing, let's say the last three or four weeks, the way that we remember him, and you lose both Parisi and Suter, it's uh, that's tough to swallow as you're kind of maybe coming toward the end of this window with some of these aging players. It's bad luck. It really is bad luck, Paul. So I got to tell you, the the when you look at what they've endured this year for all the injuries they've gone through, serious injuries to keep people all year long. And and then to have it culminate in having two of your top players, of course, one of the best top five defensemen in the league by statistics. I don't care how you cut it out. And Parisi, who is your hottest scorer coming in, and you lose them both, that's really bad luck. I don't care what you say. That's really bad luck. And it's it's amazing the Wild had another 101-point season after what they've endured this year. It, it, I mean, it, it speaks volumes to what, what they've done as a team to have – what was the eighth best record or something, and 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 go through that many key injuries, not just injuries. I'm talking about key guys. You look at every one of those 
main guys. They were out for some time this year, and that, that's really a, a tough thing to to withstand, and they did it. That uh, game, game three um, hit on Zach was weird too, Luke, because it came at the end of the game or near yeah. it, and he simply sort of jumps up for a puck and gloves it and gets crunched, but it doesn't look that bad. No, it's just the way, you know, it's a fluke. Yeah. It's the way you're getting hit sometimes. And really, you're almost, I think, you almost got to be hitting like on somebody on the right shoulder and somebody on the left shoulder to sort of pinch you in the middle to make you crack. You know, it's not like you're getting hit right in the center of the chest. That's not going to do it. And that's where you want to hit a guy every time you're going to try and knock him down. You hit him in the center of the chest when he's coming down because that's where his balance point is, and he'll go backwards and go down. But this was like the side, and that, I mean, that was as fluky as it gets. Yeah. Uh, Non-wild subject here. How can an expansion team, Las Vegas, be this good? Like, they, they just they swept the first round. They were one of the best teams in the regular season. William Carlson, for people who haven't followed closely, William Carlson with Columbus last year. Actually, I'm going to combine the last two years. He played 81 games in both of the last two seasons. So he played almost every game and scored a combined 15 goals. He goes to Vegas and becomes a 43-goal scorer, led the league in plus-minus. Is this is this just an all-time coaching job? Like, what? Why is an expansion team this good, Lou? Well, not only that, how about Hollow at 29? Right. I mean, you just you could go on and on. And Marisol that had. 20-something in Florida, and I asked Talon why he let him go. He said, oh, we don't think you'll ever do that again. Well, they did it again. <laughs> I mean, and I do think it's a, a phenomenal coaching job to start with. Uh, one thing about Gallant, he did it here in Florida, and he did it with with, with uh, Vegas. And remember, when, when I went to the first game of the year there, uh, I came back and I said, i got to tell you something. I don't know how much they're going to win this year, but they're going to win more than people think. And I tell you one thing, I don't care who the team is, where it is, and whenever it is, the one thing you're going to find out, they come to play. They might not be as good as as you think, but you're going to know you're in a game. But they're better than I thought they were going to be, and, and I have to tell you, they and, – and if I don't care who you talk to about it. And they Patrick Sharp was talking about it last night on television who played with the Blackhawks this year. He says, you go in there, and it, and it doesn't matter if you've you got to watch out for the Vegas flu so you don't get caught up in going out to the nightclubs and gambling and that. But he says, also, it doesn't matter where you play him, at home or in there, you know you're in the game. And that's Gallant. That's Gallant all the way. He gets them to play hard and play together. And that's what he did for Florida. That's why it was just a tragedy. When the owner fired him in Florida afterwards, the year before, you know, they – he almost wins coach of the year or something. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing what this this guy's been. A, he's done a terrific job when he's coached. People are reposting that photo of Gallant in a taxi cab. Louis, they, they like find his ta- own taxi no, cab when he got yeah, fired. They left him by the side of the road by the team bus in Carolina, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, Louis, and told him to call a cab. Yeah. Well, hold on. I got to tell you one more. <sighs> the general manager, the president at the time, because they moved Dale to president and they had to. Uh, other guy, general manager, he didn't even know he was getting fired. Gallant's wife was with Talon's wife out, and and, and Talon's and Gallant's wife gets a call that he's fired, and she tells Talon's wife, who calls Dale and doesn't know about it. Really? Yeah. I mean, that is just ridiculous. Yeah. That yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. So which of, of these series so far surprises you the most, Louis? Uh, I guess Columbus. 
I mean, uh, with Washington again struggling, two one. Now yeah. you know Washington won it last night. I watched a double overtime. Uh, maybe Columbus, New Jersey, New Jersey. Well, New Jersey even more than Columbus. Columbus to me is is uh, better right now than New Jersey, and and New Jersey uh, came back to to beat. Tampa hasn't won there now in four games in a row in New Jersey. That's a scary fact, but they dominated them so good in, in Tampa. I, I'd have to say the Tampa series is maybe the, the one that really surprised me. I mean, I didn't think uh, Vegas was going to win four straight over L.A., but sure. I thought they could beat them. I mean, that's the biggest surprise to, to win them four straight. Hey, how how did uh, the Oilers trade Taylor Hall, who's a fantastic oh. talent, for L- Larson, who I think he's a nice defenseman probably, but Taylor Hall is an MVP-type player. How do you make that trade, or how did, did they make that trade? I got to tell you, I was sick at that time. I heard, I'd, why, why couldn't we get him? There was some yeah. talk, which I don't, you know, I don't care about, but about Hall in the locker room not as good as he should be or whatever. And I said to a guy at the time, I said, i got to tell you something, and I'm not going to name the names here, but there's a couple guys I can name you that played in Stanley Cup winning teams. Not only played on they were the best player, and they weren't the best in the locker room. But you know what? The coach found a way to make him fit in and get the most out of him. And many times your best players aren't, aren't the best guys to, in the locker room. But i got to tell you, you, a good coach finds a way, and that's what he gets paid for, to make those guys you know, play like they can. And to let that talent go, uh, and if I, if I remember correctly, go back, go back when, when Adam Larson came out, he was drafted number two by New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I really think Yakupov came number one. And if you go back at that time, the thought was, why are they going to pick Yakupov? Because they've already got Taylor Hall, they got uh, uh, Nugent Hopkins, they had... Uh, uh, PRV, somebody else had like three forwards picked in the number one pick or number two pick. Two of them were number one, Hull and and, uh, and uh, Nugent Hopkins, and then McDavid came after. But they could have picked Larson number one and let Yakupov go second, but they picked Yakupov, who never panned out, and then they had to pay a price like Taylor Hall, which is ridiculous to get Larson. Thank you, Louie. Right. Appreciate Great it. Great stuff. stuff. Okay, guys. Nice talk. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Lou Nanny. In Let's... Florida. Watching that game like the rest of us. Very smart man. Saw the snow coming the probably last weekend and said, I'm going down to the place in Florida. He's out. Uh, BJ Armstrong is going to join at the top of the next hour here in about 40 minutes. He's the agent for Derek Rose and also Draymond Green. So we'll talk uh, about his new podcast and talk some basketball, talk Wolves and Tom Thibodeau. Dan Hayes from Puerto Rico. At 11.30 on Twins and Indians, Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcasting. We're ready. Are you? The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready, master control? Ready, switch on. This is 1500 ESPN. Well, I really feel bad for him. I mean, when we found out yesterday, it's, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the sadness on his face is I was more um, uh, affected by than uh, here's a guy that's, worked so hard to get back to where he was and so hard to want to you know play for his hometown and and bring glory and and he finally gets to that spot and uh, this happens yeah that's what we were talking about that with Lou Nanny that you know there's a lot of self-inflicted stuff in the six years of early exits for the wild if this is indeed another one if they don't come back from down three games to one 
This time around, you felt like, man, Parisi's back to full strength going into the playoffs, and then Ryan Suter before the injury is is still playing at a high level, and now Zucker has joined the party, and you've got a nice little collection here that's playing really well going in, and it is extraordinarily bad luck for your two core centerpiece players both playing at a high level at the same time for the first time in two or three years at this time of year. Yep. For them to go down, I don't think we should lose sight of that. I mean, there's a lot of things that that we can rightfully nitpick, but ultimately, you lose those two players against a team that has a better collection overall. Um, that's that's almost impossible to overcome. I mean, ho- hockey allows you. There's a lot of in the short term in hockey. There's just a lot of uh, well, variance that you could overcome it sometimes, but. That's a really tall task. I think there's a couple things to play here. One, it yeah, it's ba- it's bad luck because both got hurt in weird ways too. That's bad luck. But the second part of this equation too is that that secondary group of players that we that we thought four or five years back were, were going to to come along and be very effective have developed at a slower pace. And now and now you're to the point where I think you can realistically say that those players are who they are. You know what it and is. And so it's it's two different things. You, you lost two key players, but you also thought to yourself that Nino and Granlin and Coyle and those guys would develop into really good players. And some of them are nice players, but nobody is what we thought they might be. Yeah. It it reminds me a little of like what the what the Packers looked like without Aaron Rodgers. That you thought, oh, you know what? Like Rodgers is the best. You know, he's the best that the team has, and in his case, the, maybe the best in the league. But you know, maybe it won't be so bad if he goes down. You got the, you know, these offensive pieces and this and that. And when you take away Parisian Suter, it's a little bit like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, the rest of it yeah. is okay. It's no uh, makeup. Coil is. It's, you're uh, not wearing makeup, and you're really not that attractive. I mean, that's yeah. The light, the lights come on at two o'clock, yep. and like everyone's everyone's exposed. There's I, no Parisian Suter. I, I think Suter it's time now. for the wild to go home. All right, Charlie. I think it's time. All right, Nino. Nino, yeah. In playoff Grandland outside of that one series five years ago that we still rave about. And Zucker's the guy who is costing himself because uh, Nino got a contract after last year. Charlie got his extension a couple years ago. Zucker is going to be restricted going into this summer, and so is Dumba. And Dumba, like it or not, is going to get paid. So the question becomes, okay, Zucker had this really nice year, and he can score goals, and there are going to be teams that value that. But do you give him a pretty good contract for a guy who, as I told you, in fifteen in the last fifteen playoff games, has one goal? Or do you say, you know what, Jason will? Uh, well, you're going to have to take less, and then he gets upset and he doesn't want to be traded. But he's he's going to be an interesting decision because the playoff drop off for him is a problem. Uh, I think we should flush that out some, sometime later on in this show, or maybe maybe this week, because that's it's a really good question. I mean, he, in the regular season, he's emerged as one of your best offensive players. How much stock do you put into one goal in 15 playoff games or his last 15 playoff games? That's worth a lengthier discussion. You and I might disagree on that. But uh, we've got at the top of the hour B.J. Armstrong, former championship point guard for the Bulls, current NBA agent for Draymond Green and Derrick Rose. He'll join us in a half hour. Dave's got some stuff here when we come back. What do you got? I do. I've got playoff uh, other things aside from Wild and Wolves. We've got blisters. We've got bombs. And we've got a little bit of crazy. Mackie and Judd are back. Now, you can tell when they're ready by poking them with your finger. On 1500 ESPN. Stuff you should know about is sponsored by Wendy's. Some deals are so good, like the two-for-six deal at participating Wendy's locations. Choose two Wendy's favorites, including the Dave's single and spicy chicken sandwich for just six bucks. Available 
for a limited time. Woo! I can't judge show. Give me a go, no go for stuff you should know about. Hosts, go. Producer, we're go. Technical, go. Music, go. Volume, go. The actual stuff, we are go. Control, we are a go. You are clear to launch stuff you should know about. We are go for launch. Please, please, Dad. Actually, the most important thing is, Dave Harrigan, are you ready to go? Always ready to go. Phil, kick this off with the news that you brought to us during the break. Yeah, this is, I mean, I'll just read it. Three different tweets. Associated Press, breaking, island-wide blackout hits Puerto Rico. This is from CBS News. Blackout in Puerto Rico. The entire island is without power. There is zero power generation at this point. Uh, A fault was detected... And it may take up to 24 to 36 hours to restore power on the island of Puerto Rico. And then this is from ESPN.com. Marley Rivera reporting. There's a general power outage in Puerto Rico today. We are the lucky ones that get to be in hotels with generators. But many Puerto Ricans continue to suffer in Hurricane Maria's aftermath. While Puerto Rico has come very far since the hurricanes last September, today highlights there's much left to do. So obviously, like... The Twins playing baseball is in jeopardy today, which is secondary to the fact that that island is still in really rough shape. And uh, we'll keep you posted. Dan Dan Hayes is the one retweeting these, so he obviously has a working phone of some kind. I don't know if we're going to be able to talk to him. I don't know how that works, but we're going to try and catch up with him in an hour to see if the Twins are going to play baseball tonight and see what this is all about. All righty then. Baseball was played last night in Puerto Rico by the Twins, but also elsewhere. 3-2 again. Fly ball, well hit, deep left, back, 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 gone! Shohei Otani say hello to Mookie Betts. That was just the first of three bombs from Mookie Betts on the night. That one, as you heard, off Otani, who, uh, after we praised him with Jason Stark yesterday, decided to just go two innings, get some blisters, and uh, leave against the Red Sox because he was getting gelled. Like I said yesterday, he is a he's a complete farce, and yeah. uh, he will not live up to all. <laughs> he's the no Babe Ruth, like I said sure. yesterday. Yep. Yeah, you called it. Yep. That was one kind of bomb. This is another kind of bomb. We're familiar with the Woj bomb. How about a Woj tanking bomb? This is from the Woj pod, recorded a couple days ago, talking about the epidemic of tanking in the NBA and just how far it went this season. I mean, there were teams literally signing G League players, bringing up guys that they knew could not play in the NBA, really intentionally bringing up guys they knew could not play because they were determined to lose games. I mean, I never heard more talk from front office executives, frustration with coaches, who were winning games that they didn't want them to win. And owners, I know of an instance of an owner berating, really berating his coach here in the last several weeks of the season for going in and beating a pretty good team on the road, going, what are you doing? Case in point, (laughs) I I guarantee you, J.B. Bickerstaff was talked to about the the Grizzlies win here. Was was it now about three weeks ago or a month ago on a Monday night? You knew that Memphis had no interest, that the front office had no interest in them Winning that game, and J.B. Bickerstaff was so happy, and I thought he's going to be in trouble for this. A, a win by Memphis and a loss by the Wolves, by the way, which prevented the Wolves from, I think, playing the Blazers in the first round, who are now down two games to nothing after playing two home games against the Pelicans. Pelicans lead by two. Holiday yet to move. Now starts walking the dribble towards Zach Collins. Steps into a three. Bang! Got it! Drew Holiday! 
Yeah. You did it. There it is. There's your segue. Boom. Yeah. That could have been the Wolves. Radio professional. The Wolves, I don't know if they go up 2-0 in Portland, but uh, 1-1, <laughs> competitive series, Wolves. six games, seven games. How about beating that team, too, the, the Grizzlies? I mean, how do you lose that game? Gasol got hot, but my God. It's embarrassing. Yes, it's embarrassing. When it, it comes to hockey, we're we're all Vegas fans now, right? Schmidt gets to the puck, pushes it up against the rim with three seconds left. Kopitar tries to fish it out. Here comes the horn. It's over. It's a sweep for Vegas. The Knights beat the Kings one to nothing. Four straight wins to start their inaugural Stanley Cup playoffs. The Vegas Golden Knights advance. Hey, okay, off of that, like, so Vegas puts together a just a collection of sort of like second and third rate players who are available in the expansion draft. And so, so they take that collection, have a successful regular season and they sweep the first round of the playoffs. The wild. Meanwhile, signed the two best free agents on the market six years ago. Yep. Cultivate first round, second round draft picks, talented young players, make a bunch of trades, big signings, aggressive moves, free agency deadline. Three years in a row, they'll be out like, the first Not round. once can they sweep or like win a series no. in five games. No, absolutely not. Not once. Not one no. run to the damn conference finals. No. This team wakes up, rolls out of bed, says, oh, I guess we'll take Eric Howla and a bunch of other scrubs. And here they are, well, they sweeping scrubs. their They're way nice to the players. second round. A- Alex Tuck, Oh, Eric give Hala. me a break. Eric Holla was is a fourth-line player for this the Wild. But Eric Holla's a nice player. This is what you get when you pay $500 million for the expansion fee. Guess what you get? You get a decent expansion draft instead of a terrible one. But, but... This puts the pressure squarely on Seattle because they're next, and I believe they're going to pay, if I am right on this, 550 mil. They are next, and everyone's going to say, hey, Vegas did it. Why can't you? Maybe if you leave Suter, Parisi, and Koivu unprotected, they take all three of those guys, and then they get beaten five games Unfortunately, you by the can't, Blues or something. Call me old-fashioned, <laughs> but I still believe deep in my heart that if you're an expansion team, you're supposed to suck. I still believe deep in my heart that that our soccer team did it exactly right. Year one, you're spo- it's a honeymoon. You can suck and people will still go to your games. Woo! Now people are going to expect them to be really good next year in Vegas. We discussed Aaron Rodgers yesterday and the story from Charles Robinson about how upset he is with the Green Bay Packers not going to him for at least a little input on personnel decisions. Jordy Nelson, his quarterbacks coach, and others. Well, Rodgers obviously was asked about that yesterday as the Packers were uh, hitting the workouts. They're paying me to play quarterback, to the best of my abilities. Um, and, and their job descriptions um, are to handle those type of things. So um, I think you just act accordingly in those situations. Yeah. Thanks. Dude, bring him, Thanks, bring Aaron. him in. Bring him into Minnesota. If he, if he refuses to sign a contract extension and they want to get something for him, you got to make the call, right? I know Kirk Cousins is under contract for like ninety million dollars, but you I mean, come on, make it work. Kirk Cousins, you're going to hold a clipboard. It's going to be a great life for you. Ninety million guaranteed. The Vikings are going to spend like sixty million dollars on two quarterbacks. Just it doesn't matter. Say goodbye to Stefan Diggs. Just get three scrub practice squad receivers in here and make this happen. He had one other quote. He was asked about Jordy leaving, and said, that, "Yeah, it's kind of sad. You know, you, you play all these, you play with all these players, and." You eventually see them go, and he almost sounded like, you know, as a person gets older into their 80s, you know, 90s, if someone lives for a really long time, all their family and friends die, and they're all alone. That's what he feels. That's basically how he described it. Like, yeah, as a quarterback, you know, we don't have to deal with shots to the head, run around the field. You see all these players I've played with, and, they're all you know, after now. a couple of years, they all leave, <laughs> and they're going to other teams. They're just out of the league, and there I am still hanging on. You know, Tom Brady is so old uh, that I think a lot of his former teammates might actually be gone, like old age. <laughs> 
Straight like, up trade anyone, right what, there. Does anyone know what Troy Brown? How about did? that? Aaron for Brady. Couple guys who, who aren't, no. aren't, aren't necessarily happy in their current digs. Send Tommy, uh, Tommy to the pa- the Packers. Send Aaron to the Patriots. I mean, the Packer, the, the Patriots would do that in a heartbeat, obviously, right? Sure, but I mean, both pa- aren't happy. Bill Belichick gets a a franchise quarterback that's maybe better than Tom to plug into that system for five years. I'm just throwing it out there. It might be fun. Brady rocking the Uggs around downtown Green Bay, heading to the Piggly Wiggly. Oh, that's Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> Uh, KG, Area 21. I believe you saw this, Phil, last night. I just saw it, it on Twitter. I saw it on social media when I woke up this morning. I was like, I, I, I think I follow him on Instagram and saw it on Instagram. At KG Area 21 is the Twitter account, and this is pinned right to the top. It's interesting. Tim Duncan. Shane Wallace. Chris Webber. Carl Malone. Charles Bartone. McDyke. All these guys. 99 out. This is what it was. Different players, you got to do different stuff. The things I would do with Chris Webber, I couldn't do with Rashid or Tim Duncan. Dissect, breaking their ass down, bit by bit, year by year. I knew all these guys' moves, counters, A move, B move, C move. I knew these guys better than they knew themselves. Won some battles, lost some battles. But we battled. Oh, we battled. And I ain't explain this. You know, people just call me crazy because I wouldn't get any sleep, but I would sit up and wonder why or what could I have done different. People gonna think you crazy. People ain't gonna understand you. Weird. What's wrong with you? Fucking winner. Never met no nice guy. What? The whole thing's about two, two and a half minutes. It's and he's like, it's 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 kind of it's like a spoken word with visuals of him in his playoff career. It's I mean, it's kind of cool. It's. Definitely a little bit bordering on psychotic, but that's kind of Kevin Garnett, right? People call him crazy. I love how he mentions a bunch of Hall of Famers like Tim Duncan and uh, like Rasheed Wallace might be a borderline Barkley. Hall of Famer. And Barkley, Chris Webber, and Antonio McDice, <laughs> <laughs> who had like four good seasons with the Nuggets when they were crappy yeah. at one time. Antonio McDice. <laughs> Congratulations to NBA G League players, boys. They're finally making the money they uh, they deserve, which is just about as much as the NBA 2K eSports League players are making. NBA has invested in the eSports thing. Uh, those guys were getting, if you were a first-round draft pick, I don't know if you knew this, in the eSports League, sponsored by the NBA, you made 35 k a year. Second round and after, you made 32 k a year. With benefits and a chance for prize money, too. Oh, absolutely. Well, the uh, G League guys are finally, as I mentioned, getting what they deserve. The minimum salary has now been bumped up from about 26 k to 35 k wow. per season. Congratulations, now, boys. Uh, nice work. And much like nice in baseball, work. some of those guys yeah. will have, like, you know, like, like Justin Patton. Uh-huh who was a first-round draft pick, has millions of dollars as part of a guaranteed contract. But if you're a second-round pick, and... Yeah, here's $10 for you. Yeah. Enjoy. So maybe those guys should hone their video game skills instead. Have could a you double up money? in the offseason? You probably you could. You got five months of uh, G League play, seven months to play a little well, eSports. Wouldn't that be something where you actually make more money playing yourself on a video game than you do being yourself in a professional basketball league? Or maybe you just realize you're not that good and you just play as somebody else. <laughs> I could be Justin Patton, but nah. <laughs> 
Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. It's the weirdest thing I've ever had the misfortune to see. <laughs> Mackey and Judd. Yeah, I, I'd say it's top five. On 1500 ESPN. Minnesota United will be taking on Seattle in Seattle. That's right, the Seattle Sounders. The game will be this Sunday. You can tune in at 2.30 for the pre-match show with Brian Pyatt, followed by kickoff at 3 o'clock with Dan Terhar calling the action. All the action all season long can be heard right here on 1500 ESPN. Thank you, Dave. Uh, email from John on that Shohei Otani note. I was listening yesterday when you had Jason Stark on when I heard the most amazing statement made by Phil Quantify Mackey. He said that after three starts and 30 at-bats, Shohei Otani might be the most valuable player in the history of baseball. Wow. <laughs> That's what I heard. It's exactly what I said. It's exactly oh, what I said. You're just off by a little bit after last night. Yeah. That's exactly what I said. Roll the tape. Um, I believe what I said was if he's a top pitcher and a top hitter of any kind, because he's filling, and Stark agreed, like if he's going to face that many batters and face that many pitchers, then if he was performing both at a high level, mm-hmm. he would be the most valuable player in baseball. Yeah, but you said he is the most valuable player of all time. Yeah. I think that's what you said. Yeah, you, you, said, back the tape. you said Ruth, Mantle, Aaron, Mays, Otani. I heard it. <laughs> Dave heard it. Yeah. Roll the Top tape. five all time. And we're both like, whoa, 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 slow down. And you're like, no, I'm not going to slow down. I'm going to keep going. This is a top five list. He is. He's already, I mean, Stan Musial was pretty good. I'm already putting Shohei above Stan Musial because Stan Musial couldn't throw a fastball 100 miles pitch. an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Stan sure. the man just, just played first base. Exactly. His war was okay, but not great, maybe. Uh, we don't have any more information on this Twins-Puerto Rican situation, actually, do we? Actually, yeah, we do. The uh, the mayor in San Juan is saying that they will play the game tonight, despite the power outage on the island of Puerto Rico. Wait, so... So the mayor is now saying that they will play regardless. So there's obviously a generator at the stadium, so they're going to have the power lights. at the stadium, yes. and they're going to have power at uh, hotels. Yes. Right. So they won't cancel the game and... It is amazing. A- I, I'm... Oh, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, because if they cancel that game, you'd be looking at another doubleheader here against Cleveland. Well, they already have nine doubleheaders scheduled, so they might as well keep going. Yeah, uh, I'm seeing some of these photos, too. This is like the fact that this game is being played, or these two games are being played in Puerto Rico, it, it shines a light on something that a lot of Americans probably just forgot about, like, to be honest, this massive hurricane that hit in September. And I believe it was Mike Berardino who posted a photo of all of the homes, like hundreds of homes, with blue tarps as roofs right now. Hmm. So the the rebuild is still in its infancy. They didn't get a lot of help. Uh, no, <laughs> they did not. It's not like they got a lot of help. Uh, no. Um, I would love to see at some point, and maybe we can expand on this later in the show, but I'd love to see at some point a major league team in Puerto Rico, but I think we're so far away from that just from an infrastructure standpoint. It was fun watching the game. I know you were at the Wild game last night, and the Twins got clubbered in a big way. They did score one run off him, but that guy is just a cyborg. And and tonight, Carlos Carrasco is not quite as good as Kluber, but he's awesome. Barrios gives the Twins a better chance. The atmosphere is fun. It's kind of a smaller stadium. It's definitely an old stadium that's about 60 or 65 years old. But the crowd, there's just a different feel. You can tell when you watch the game on TV. like The colors are different, and the crowd... The audio is different from the crowd. The way that they cheer and some of the, uh, like you hear cowbells and things. And I, I just like it. It just gives a different mm-hmm. flavor. And it, it's, it wasn't quite World Baseball Classic level enthusiasm. But like when Francisco Lindor hit a home run, he almost hit two, but he hit a home run. And 
and the celebration, like that that fan base would be a lot of fun as a major league fan base. And it would I think it would automatically be better fan base than at least half the league. If the, you look around at like Asia Oakland thing? and Tampa Bay, like Miami has Miami, like they could have that could have been done so much better to play to the Cuban baseball fans in Miami, but they've just stripped the whole thing down. Did I, I see this right that the A's had a free game on uh Tuesday? That's what Reavers was saying yesterday. They Apparently had, they to celebrate their what was it like their some anniversary they allowed fans in for free because I did, they, did they fill it even with with tickets I don't being know, free but I saw on Monday on Monday which you had to pay to get in they had something like I don't know three thousand fans yeah and then on Tuesday they had a free game already then okay yeah thanks a lot maybe the White Sox should consider that too based on some of their attendance figures if the if if the White Sox opened up the gates for free and said come on in. Free tickets? Would they sell that stadium out? Like sell it out, meaning like fill the seats? Would they fill the seats? Um, my guess is yes, because when it comes to people, if something's free, they can't help themselves. I mean, I have never the the t shirt thing at Wolves games to me is if you if you want to know how the the human being is wired, offer them a free t shirt. They'll kill each other for it. Yeah, it's true. It probably cost... How, how much do you think it costs to make a t-shirt that you're going to shoot in a cannon into the stands? What? 15 cents? Yeah, I don't know. A quarter? I don't know the economics, but okay. I get your point. But, but my point being is I see people... When when Cherry Berry is on the line in the fourth quarter of a Wolves game, you would swear to God it's game seven of the NBA Finals. The place is erupting. What's it going to be like in game three or game four when the Wolves are down by like 18 points at the start of the fourth? And that's what's going to happen, Oh, right? Cherry Bear will come up. And fans are kind of like, all right, this is pretty much over. But uh, hey, <laughs> get out of your seats. Who wants a free teaser? It's a Monday night target center and we're only down by 32. But I got a free T-shirt. And some Cherry Berry, too. Both. It's the two-for-one. Here's the Cherry Berry. The numbers for the Oakland game last night. It was completely free admission and parking, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the move to Oakland. They drew 46,028, which is 2,000 shy of the sellout. Couldn't quite get there. They came close. That's Couldn't pretty quite good. sell it out. That's pretty good for that dump. Giving away tickets. Oakland's an absolute dump. Pretty amazing. Uh, all right, let's come back. B.J. Armstrong, who you might remember, championship point guard with the Bulls back in the day. He's an NBA agent now, represents Draymond Green and Derrick Rose. So we can talk a lot of things NBA with B.J. Armstrong. And then we'll get an update from Puerto Rico from Dan Hayes in about a half hour. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios.